This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace recently launched the latest version of their platform, Squarespace 7, which is a completely redesigned interface. It has integrations with Getty Images and Google Apps. It has 15 new templates and an incredible feature called Cover Pages. Try the new Squarespace with a free trial at squarespace.com and enter the offer code RAZZLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. You know, building a website used to take a long time. You had to set all up yourself manually, spend all day troubleshooting. If you ever had to edit the site, it was pretty easy to break the links or even the whole site entirely. Sometimes even just changing the font color would be a gigantic headache. But now you have Squarespace to make building beautiful websites with no sweat. If you're new to Squarespace, check it out. But if you've been hearing about Squarespace for a long time and just never knew what was going on over there, now there's even more with Squarespace 7. It has a redesigned user interface. Guys, it is beautiful, easy to use, functional. If you can turn on the interweb on your computer, you can use this site. It has an integration with Google Apps for anyone who already has a bunch of their stuff set up there, domains to their email, spreadsheets, etc. It's got a connection and partnership with Getty Images, over 40 million high-quality photos at $10 an image for your site. Guys, that's a great deal, believe me. It has 15 new design templates, unbelievable quality, super easy to use, and they're just beautiful. Cover pages. Specialized websites with one page and a gallery. It's great for portfolios and business websites. So if you're a small business owner, if you're a photographer, if you're a makeup artist, hairdresser, designer, whatever you are, this site will help you build a high-quality, professional-looking site. Read more about all these things at squarespace.com slash 7. That's squarespace.com slash S-E-V-E-N. And the best thing, it's simple and powerful. 24-7 support via live chat and email, $8 a month, and you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for a year. Guys, that's a great deal. Go check them out. It has a responsive design. Your website scales to look great on any device. And if you're a coder, someone who deals with HTML, WordPress, whatever, you, you know that building a site that works on every device is very time-consuming and difficult. This does it all for you. Oh, by the way, every website comes with a free online store. So if you want to set up some commerce, you want to sell some goods, whatever it is, Squarespace is where you do it. So start with a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RAZZLE to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for our podcast. That's promo code RAZZLE. Squarespace. Start here. Go anywhere. Ten seconds to fire it. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Picking favorites! <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Picking Favorites, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us. We are the best worst podcast on the air. Uh, this is uh, Zachary Levi. 
Uh, Tyler Levine. My name is Razzle. David Kentucky Coleman. And today we have with us a very special guest. She's been a friend of mine uh, for the better part of a decade, I would say. We worked together many moons ago on a gem of a film uh, directed by our good friend Joel David Moore, a little, little flick called Spiral. Uh, and then you probably know her from Battlestar Galactica and most recently uh, Sci-Fi's Ascension. Please put your hands together for our dear friend Trisha Helfer, everybody. Trisha! Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and actually bringing some some grace to these to these uh, <laughs> these brutes that sit amongst us. Although I find myself to be a very graceful person, a graceful um, brute, yeah. a graceful brute. Yeah. Um, so as I've told you, the, the, um, I kind of brought you up to speed, obviously, which is why you agreed to do our podcast. <laughs> we just sit around and bullshit uh, for about an hour about some of our favorite things in the world. Um, no rules, no, no holds barred, no holds barred. Yeah. They're like having the movie, with punches Hogan. thrown. I only and say Zeus, by the way. To say outrageous Zeus. things. Remember, remember Zeus was Zeus like his was like the bad guy? Uh, he was the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Hulk Hogan's uh Oh uh, yeah. It was like the Yeah, yeah. that, that oh, happened. Shit. That happened. No holds but um, but today we're gonna talk about um, we're gonna talk about our favorite book. We're gonna talk about our favorite food, and we're gonna talk about our favorite New Year's Eve. New Year's experience, experience, experience. vacation, experience, moment, whatever that whatever and, that might be. And asterisk. About you being Canadian, because I'm a Canadian boy, too. So I want to get in. Yes, I'm from uh, Vancouver, City, which is where you shot Battlestar. Yes. And I have many friends who were on that show, including Tom O'Pinnicott. Oh, I love him. uh, Grace Park. uh, Yeah, lots of friends on that show. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I I I totally love that. I know those people. (laughs) Those are all my (laughs) friends. It's weird. I don't know if you know, we're in America. That's my friend, too. My friend. I am very well aware of the fact. Do they ever let us forget the fact that we're in America? Do you ever let us forget the fact that you wrote our theme song? I mean, come on, buddy. Oh, by the way, uh, if, for everyone listening, if you didn't know, I wrote the <laughs> for the show. And so if you find yourself driven along to that little gem, you can find it on SoundCloud, yep. Tyler Labine. Yep, yep, uh, yep, that'll happen. Yep. So let's jump in, let's jump in. Uh, oh, no, no, first, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. first Trisha, yeah. uh, this is your time. This is up there, that's their time, their time, but right here, this is our time. Uh, Trisha. Goonies, yes. Goonies, yes. Um, what, is there any anything that you would like to plug, anything that you'd like to promote? It could be yourself, it could be somebody else's work, it could be something that's just kind of new and groovy that came to your mind or your heart recently, and you're like, oh my God, I want to talk about that thing. Uh, but but what do you want to talk about well, in letter, your time? Maybe she will. You shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. I'm just waiting for a time to, to get in there. Yeah, yeah. I do that. Um, no, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do the plug and and uh, say thank you to everybody who watched Ascension. Um, uh, we're waiting on the numbers, so that will be interesting to see if that goes to series or not. Because it was a six part miniseries. Six part miniseries, but, but well, could come back. Pretty good, yes. I would imagine. I think it had some good hype, right? Good, yeah, uh, it had some yeah. good hype, and it, it definitely <clears throat> was uh, some. There were some layers to the show. After the first night, there was a twist, and then after the third night, at the end of the third night, there was a twist. So it did. It did end on a bit of a cliffhanger. I follow you guys on Twitter. I haven't seen the show yet, but I'm like, I'm such a Twitter dork, but I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the live tweeting. You, it's like you have to live tweet now. I think. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it mandatory. Takes a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you wait. Fun. So you're waiting on that, waiting to find waiting out if that. that's going to have uh, some some life after that. And uh, the the one charity thing I'll plug is you all, you all know Katie Sackoff. Yes. Right? Um, her and I have a motorcycle company called Acting Outlaws, and our 2015 calendar is out. <gasps> a calendar? A calendar? Like yes. scantily clad women or motorcycles? Uh, no, Katie and I scantily clad. <laughs> nice. That's what so, I was hoping. That's our kind of calendar. That was the, yeah, that was the so answer I was hoping for. It's on uh, actingoutlaws.tv. Um, sold off a of Redbubble, and a portion of that is it goes to charity, oh. which our last one two years two years ago went to. Uh, 
some of the profits went to Amfar. Is there any so, better matchup uh, of chari- charitable donations and scantily clad women? Like, there is no better marriage of. No, I think you do, you you make a solid point, Tyler. Yeah, you I make think a solid, like, solid it's point. like what it's 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 a real sweet spot for humanity. I think his logic like is yeah. All of the yeah. uh, j- just so you know, all of the, everything that you've just said will be on our official page uh, when the podcast goes live, so everyone will be able to go see that. Click that and go buy your calendar. Mm-hmm. Like us, we will all be buying them. the calendar yeah. for those of us that actually still put calendars on the wall. I know that's know? the difficult thing. Yeah. That's the difficult thing. All my firefighter calendars <laughs> I remember those uh, so okay so let's jump in now first topic where, where do we want to go you, it, it makes I may, it brings up an interesting point because I want to know what kind of motorcycle you ride oh uh-huh. I have two I have a BMW F800GS nice All right. is that good I don't know yeah, it's, it's very good okay cool it's, yeah it's an amazing bike and, uh, and then I just sold my Harley Davidson Rocker C for a Harley Davidson Fat Bob so that wow. sounds rad I don't know yeah. wow I like words Fat Bob a fat bob, yes. You is like it, that? Is it like a literally <laughs> like, like a fat that? motorcycle? <laughs> no. Is it like a it's fat man's motorcycle? F- no, no, not necessarily. No, it's like a it's it's just beefy. It's got bigger, t- wider tires. Like it's that. like a that little squattier. Cool. Like it. It's got yeah. It's, it's definitely got a little bit of a. It's a it's vibe. a beefier yeah. bike. Well, it's so not. It's fat, not beefy. You know, it's not big like a street glide or a road king or something like that, like a touring bike. It's no. more of a sexy little, you know. But I mean, it's still sixteen hundred cc. It's got a lot of power. It's yeah, it's massive. Yeah. It's got some oomph. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. got some oomph. Yeah. So it's not a sluggish That's fat. Massive. It's not yeah. an out of shape fat. It's a fit fat. Yeah. Which, is my, which is my nickname <laughs> at the gym. That's my nickname at the gym. That's what I call myself. People are like, what's up, Fit Fat? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll, I guess I'll just keep receiving that. Um, it's like my judo sense. Yeah, we all got to go for a motorcycle ride, by the way. I know. We're going to do that. I was really hoping I was going to be. You guys did a ride, a charity ride not too long ago, and I was out of yes. town, but I would have loved to join you guys. Yes, what does Katie time. ride? She rides a fat boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she also has a cafe racer and. Uh, yeah, she has cafe racing. You guys are both chubby chasers, I guess, huh? <laughs> you guys like, you guys like, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to... There's a theme going on here. My goodness. Like, she rides no, a fat boy. You ride a fat bomb. Hey, I was... Uh, also, I was going to ask... We did. We haven't done this before, and I'm just going to throw I'm this out. Because <laughs> we talk about our favorites, like all our fame. We get all these great actors and comedians and people <clears> who are on TV. But what's your favorite... What's the favorite role you ever did? Nice question. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm going to be terrible in all these questions because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the rules right off the top when you said favorites. Um, last week when you texted me, I was like, I don't have favorites of anything. Yeah. Just depends on my mood that I'm in. It's tough, right? Um, yeah. Because it could be, you know, it could be a range of things. But favorite role. Oh, gosh. That question sucks, know. man. Sorry, I didn't I thought you that. were great. Uh, yeah. I thought you were great as Buttercup <laughs> in the uh, uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, oh, my photo Hollywood shower. Reporter. Uh, Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> wow. Not Entertainment Weekly. Yes, yes, I well, channeled Buttercup. Trish, Trish and I got to, we did a, we did a photo shoot for yeah, the Hollywood Reporter. They did like a Comic-Con special, and we got to be Wesley and Buttercup, and that was tremendous fun. It that was, was tremendous fun. fun. And you were And we looked excellent. the part. We looked the yeah, part. That picture, and that picture will be on the fans guide. We'll make sure we'll put everybody can see it. No, you know what? I would say one of my favorite roles was the one I just did last year for ABC, Killer Women. The show bombed, but (laughs) the role was a spectacular amount of fun. I played a good girl for one of the first times, um, but she was still badass. She was, you know, so I had all the stunt fights, stunt stunt driving, um, you know, Texas Ranger, one of the only female Texas Rangers. So it was a, a lot of fun to do. Cool. But... You know, it looked like a fun. It looked like a season. cool show. It just it, it definitely was marketed in a weird way. Totally marketed terribly yeah. for what the show actually was. Right, but don't um, you find usually too like I've had ten failed TV series and they're like 
always the good show. I feel like the good parts and the good characters and the good shows are the ones that get canceled. Not, well, not, was, no, 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 sort of slam. There are lots of good shows that stay on, but those. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily uh, equate to your favorite role because it was like the longest lasting one. Well, yeah, no, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and if it's if it's marketed poorly, then it takes a while for the the, the audience that it should have been marketed uh-huh. for to find it. Right. And, um, and and shows they're not given time to get off their. Get their quirks worked no, out. You know, yeah. we were it just is, sort uh, of just starting TV, yeah. to figure yeah, the part out what the problem show is, was. is it's so now like everything is so instantaneous. Yeah. Like people were like on Twitter, like this show sucks, and then they're like, oh shit, this show sucks. We yeah, can't but then in give the it a chance breath. to even like grow in a way that ten years ago a show would get some bad numbers that's for a while. Not, like, eh. that's not true though, because in new media and cable. They have the exact same immediacy, and they're expanding content all the time. Yeah, but it's, the difference it's network. It's the antiquated system. Different, though. Yeah, but Nielsen's ratings and advertising yeah, yeah. and network television. But ca- cable is also it's not, it's not the content. Cable is also something that um, <clears throat> I think that the the, the actual cable uh, you know nets uh, the cable networks, particularly like premium cable, like HBO is not giving an order for a show and being like, "We'll see how you do." They're giving yeah. you an order for an entire first season, and yeah. then they're going to base the performance or their decision. Uh, on the performance of that entire season, right. and they've also, also some in, the, in the model. Integrity might be well, there's a lot of more. There's a lot of creative integrity, but <clears> also <throat> because of the, just the way the format is, you're going to do you know 12, 13 episodes, and you're going to know oh. in what all those are before you even start shooting the first one. Yeah. And network television, you know, you start the ball rolling. You're about six episodes in, and the yeah. writers have ideas of kind of where it's going to go. But there's still so much like we don't really know, oh. and well, and it's that creative certain man. things in the first episode. yeah, and creative. Creatively, that can get you know, and especially if 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 you you're, if you're allowing too many kicks in the kitchen to dictate pie, is what I call too it. many <laughs> too many dicks in the pie. In the pie. Yeah. Uh, so there, so that there, you have it. To American Pie. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that one was for bigs. Which brings us to favorite food. <laughs> yeah. um, so other dick than pie. dick pie, other than dick pie, Trisha, what is your favorite food? <clears throat> and I know it's tough. <laughs> it's so hard. I know um, it's tough. If I, oh. if you couldn't live without one food for the rest of your life, Trisha, that's the easiest way I think okay. I find. If I couldn't live without one food, it would definitely be greens. It would definitely be salad. Oh, I know that's boring. No, but no. if you put it that well, way, let's if get that's specific. the only thing I'm allowed to eat. What kind of salad? We're talking favorite? about like arugula. We're yes. talking about some romaine, butter, some butter lettuce salad oh. with tarragon and chives Ooh. and a Dijon. Um, red wine vinaigrette. vinaigrette. Nice. You throwing any so other veggies go. in there? A little meat? Uh, a little like some bacon bits? What's your deal? Bacon bits. Dehydrated. A little, you know, sliced hard boiled egg as a garnish <gasps> oh. could be nice. Okay. You know, but kind of cob in it a little bit. Herbs in your salad. Yeah. Some beets. Some beets. Not in that one. No. Oh. But chive and tarragon or is some, a nice. Herb addition, yes. by the way, very herbaceous. Herbaceous. Fucking favorites where we just make up words. Or crab cake eggs Benedict. Oh. oh. Okay, so you went from like a very sort of responsibly healthy, <laughs> yeah, thing, See, like that, well, the that's least the thing. healthy. No, that's your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, we both, we I try to just pick. I, I just pick like bigger genres. Let's go spectrum here. We go. You go <laughs> healthy spectrum, then you go yeah. like glutton spectrum. Um, uh, Tyler, what's your what's your favorite uh, food? Okay. Well, I have to specifically say it's what. I'm going to eat right after this. Uh, there's a there's a, 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 a food truck on like Fourth and Rose, and they serve a, 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 a ceviche tostada, which is like my I think a ceviche, a ceviche tostada or ceviche may be my favorite food. But they put it on this uh, great crispy little you know um, fried tortilla, some avocado, squeeze some fresh lime on it, douse it with like uh, whatever hot sauce you want. For me, it's um, uh, Cholula. 
Put that on there in the hot sun with like a, a, a mandarin haritos, and I'm in heaven. <laughs> That's my favorite food, and I'm drooling right now because I'm so hungry. Uh, but my favorite food, like on the planet, if it just had, if I had to like just isolate it down to one food, it's an avocado. Avocado is the most versatile, delicious. Uh, nut actually in the world, and I, I put I try to put avocado in everything that I eat. It's great. It's a superfood, and it's delicious. And so Razzle, what's yours? Ooh, Razzle, so wow. Razzle, I Razzle can't believe something your to say about avocado. yeah distaste for avocado. It's so good. It is great. It's so gross. It's gross. It's very gross. My favorite food would You're be five. that's just fear. That's just fear talking. Yeah. I mean, I, here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm sure our listeners know by now. I I'm pretty much an eight year old. Uh, <laughs> that's overshooting it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put explosions behind me in photographs as Tyler's made it, mentioned the other day. Um, my favorite food would probably be pizza. Pizza is my favorite food. Solid. Uh, my real favorite food is free pizza. My second favorite food <laughs> would be morning pizza. Like cold, left it on the yeah, counter. Like on warmed pizza? up, warmed up morning pizza. All right. And then my third favorite food would probably be pizza buffet. So it's all pizza. Like, I love like pizza. CC's or whatever. Wow. CC's, CC's is good. Pizza's yeah, but, just really good. Pizza's got every food group. Yeah, but you so so like I say, pizza's like sex. Right? Like even when uh, it's dude, bad, it's good. It's it's so yeah, good. but you can get really yeah. bad. What's your favorite place to get your pizza? Ah, uh, my favorite place to get pizza. In the wrong city, man. Uh, wrong city for that. But lately, I mean, I'll be honest. I love a good Little Caesars hot and ready. Oh yeah, five dollar pizza. But <sighs> there's a place. There's a. There's it gets a, worse and worse listen, every there, time. Listen, you talk I'm about from this. Michigan. Little Caesars is from Michigan, so is Domino's. I like Domino's. I worked I at Little Domino's. Caesars growing up. Uh, my buddy did too, and we used to pizza, get it all the time. Uh, I would like. Uh, I would. There's a good place in in L. A. Here called Garage Pizza. That's really good. That place pizza. is great. Really great pizza. Matza is great too. Matza's pizza is just so good. Yeah. I like any kind of pizza. What? Okay. Well, if, what's your favorite then? If you're putting me on the spot, what's your favorite pizza place in Los Angeles? Uh, my favorite pizza place in Los Angeles is Joe Peeps. Okay. In uh, North Hollywood. Okay. It is awesome. Okay. Homemade dough. They make it all fresh. Tons of toppings. They have something. I think it's called the six thousand calorie combo. All right. It's all right. it. It probably weighs about nine pounds. The medium. I'm on board. Yes, um, please. You can't pick up. If it weighs nine the, pounds, then that's uh, that. That calorie intake is not that high. Nine pounds of pizza for no, six no, no. Yeah, each, calories. I'm yeah. in. <laughs> I, will, I, will, oh, I always it's, want. It's nine. per slice. It's per oh, okay. slice. All right. Uh, no, but it's like just <laughs> like <clears throat> tons of toppings, fresh. It's it's, it's nah, my it's favorite. So pizza. It's not my favorite food, but, but it's my so favorite good. pizza place yeah. in Los Angeles. What's uh, it called? Joe Peeps. Joe Peeps. It's like a little storefront. It's like between like a dry cleaner and a post office. I'm checking it out, man. Because I love. Yeah, and every entire inside of it is sharpied with. People like everybody signs a place, and then you know they have like that traditional like, this guy goes here and this guy comes here. You know, it's like, um, it's all it's all David's name. Yeah, it's just I just <laughs> I went in and signed it every day for apparently seventy five years, which I, that's how many signatures that's in there. Man. Yeah, uh, it's good. That's yeah, good. What's like your favorite food? Yeah, my favorite food. I'm going to be very very specific. My favorite food is fried chicken from a place called Giacomo's in New Orleans, on Oak Street. Uh, right off Carrollton. I've had that fried chicken. It is the best fried chicken in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm from Kentucky, so you know they're like, "Oh, you're supposed to love Kentucky fried chicken," which I also think is great. But it isn't. Uh, it isn't uh, it's Giacomo's. Not, it's, not, it's good. It's, it's good. good. Stop it. Again, 
Kentucky you, fried chicken is not good chicken, man. I'm not saying like people who fry chicken in Kentucky. Dude, original recipe KFC oh. is so yeah. damn good. Dude, so good. It is, yeah, just might I say, when you make the Rinna Del Rey, all Dude, their cornbread the little thing. Channeling so the Colonel over here. You should see anyway, their double down. See the look KFC KFC have, you seen, have you seen the little bowls they're making now where it's like uh, mashed potatoes and corn and yeah. like chunks of fried chicken and gravy? So it's like, it's the crispiest. It's the best. Like, if you've never been to Giacomo's in New Orleans, you should definitely go there. Get the fried chicken. Um, It's the crispiest. It's the most juicy. It's just my favorite food, and I can't wait to have it in, like, four days. This is such a bad topic to have it. Speaking of the the KFC bowls. Uh, speaking of real quick about the KFC bowls, our, Patton Oswalt, the comedian, has got a really funny bit about the KFC bowl. Check it out. It's really, really funny for our listeners. It's really very funny. I'm just going to say I'm that. sure just, we'll put just, it on the fans' yeah, guide. Bring it. Sure. Such a bring funny it. Bit. Is anybody else like more painfully aware of the fact that it's lunchtime than they've ever been in their life? That's <laughs> yeah, true. Like, uh, what time is it? 12.50. Oh, my God. My stomach is eating itself. Zach, what is uh, what What's is your, your favorite, favorite food? food? Well, again, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Trisha helper in a lot of ways. I have a hard time, as you guys know, picking favorites um, because it's so hard because there's so many great things in the world um, but narrowing it down using my own criteria if there's one food that I couldn't live without for the rest of my life it would be sushi probably oh, and specifically sushi su- uh, salmon sashimi I just I, I do really think as much as I I have my taste buds like go out of my, their mind for things that are so not good for me and like pizza uh, I absolutely beyond love. Um, and I think that's true for most people, by the way. That's why they're so yeah. popular. That's why KFC, yeah. McDonald's, totally. Pizza Hut are all the most yeah. popular totally. things in the world. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, they're also pumping all of those things with like extra hormones and yeah. flavors. I don't know and the pizza gets pumped with extra Oh, no, not, no, 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 but not necessarily, but a lot of this, well, the, the toppings that are, that are on pizza, it, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but <clears> I know that if I ate pizza for the rest of my life, I would die a really... Happy man. <laughs> <laughs> I would die young. In, um, in two so, years. So, but so four hundred pounds. You know, trying to, yeah, trying to find trying to find that like that balance of like what is really tasty, but also what do I feel like I'm doing my, my body a favor by eating, mm-hmm. like avocado by the way. Yeah, but avocado you find it in some good sushi. Um, yes. but salmon sashimi, man, I could just eat salmon. I I dream of like going on like a, a fishing trip, like somewhere in the Pacific, and just catching tuna or salmon cutting and it open. cutting it open yeah. right there with some soy and just boom and that's all like with sea urchin man with uni, just grabbing. Yeah, I want to go out of the way. Get out of here, you. <laughs> I want to go crack open a sea urchin and just do that. Just scum. You like urchin? Oh, I love uni. It's so really? good. Really? It's the weirdest texture. It's the Yeah, grossest. well, it's the gonads. It's literally the reproductive organs of oh, the sea urchin. That's made it even worse for It's my least favorite part of going it's, to it's any like, Japanese yeah. room. Like, no, you can keep that. Yeah, I love it, that. man. I love it so, so, I, so I would, I would say I would say it. all yeah. that. Uh, moving to our next uh, topic. My uh, second uh, is banh mi sandwiches. I just want to say that. Banh mi is good. Like from a food truck banh mi sandwich? Like Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere, I would I would say my second favorite is is just straight up like um, classic traditional Mexican uh, tacos, tacos, absolutely carne asada or pollo in like kind of like the Mission double Cantina the double wrap the double wrap a corn tortilla which is like cilantro and onions and mm. some hot sauce. Like I, 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 some pickle, I go with some pickled reds too. <laughs> oh, pickled you like the pickled reds? reds? Oh yeah, uh, not my thing, but okay. All right, um, All right. Uh, moving on. Second uh, topic: peanut butter is also really good. Peanut butter is oh peanut butter and jellies, bro. I mean, look, we can talk about food all day, particularly because none of us eaten it. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of jelly? Shopping. Let's see. Is it do you, do you grape. like grape? Yeah, I'm a grape jelly. Yeah, yeah. So Kentucky. I'm. A, I'm. A, I have a. There's a mixed. <laughs> what berry. kind of jelly? What? What really uh, expensive? Like organic, uh, high class jelly. Yeah. Do you like for your strawberry peanut butter jelly that I made? 
cherry. And the strawberry preserve the strawberry, strawberry jelly. jam. Jam. Yeah, jam. Because it's not You're jelly. A cherry. Yeah. Cherry. The cherry preserve. Well, actually, I've never had peanut butter and jelly. What? <laughs> Is this a hold Canadian? On, wait, hold on. The whole thing. The we've all been. Silent. The wheels we have fallen off the wagon. We folks. are going to. No, I never There's going to be a record scratch out of it. I never liked peanut butter growing up, but I should try it. I do almond butter now, so maybe. Yeah, I don't eat peanut butter either, but almond and jam is great. It's the classic like salty sweet combination. Once in your life, you need to get some Wonder Bread. Skippy. You need to get some. I've never had Wonder Bread. Jif smooth peanut butter. And like get some smuckers or strawberry. Welch's? I would say strawberry okay. or Welch's. Yeah, yeah. It's I think you got to go Concord in the in smuckers. The squeeze, smuckers yeah. actually in the glass jar, yeah. not the squeeze kind. Yeah. You pull it out with a spoon, oh, and it's hard so to good. spread. Yeah, pilot high. But just, but high just do that yeah. just once, just to know what it was like <laughs> to be like, to be yeah. a child. I don't know. Um, so moving on, moving on. Uh, favorite. Uh, let's go to favorite book. Favorite yeah, book. Favorite book. Uh, Trisha, what okay, is? You know, oh, she brought oh, wow. it. Oh, she's tethered. I'm tethered. Um, Again, of two. Because they can't one, see it anyway. No, they can't. But we can. The the first stone. By John Briley. Okay. Was a fantastic book. When did this book come out? I don't know. I don't know. That's fine. That's fine. Um, 1992. Oh, check you out. No, that's no. why we have no. technology. Published on in Australia in 95. It was published in the United States in 97. But well, it, tell uh, us about it. What's, yeah. what's, what's, what's it the is, last book? It's a, essentially a love story, which, uh, but it's, it's during the time. It's set in the Middle East. Um, starts out in in Los Angeles with uh, an American woman, teen, eighteen year old, at UCLA, and she gets recruited by her uncle and the Mossad, and uh, she gets this Saudi Arabian prince to fall in love with her, who's also attending UCLA, and he marries her and brings her back to Saudi Arabia, into his the harem, which he he was already married with one wife, oh, right. and uh, she lives there for twelve years before she's. Um, she's like a sleeper. She's a sleeper, and but throughout this time, she has actually fallen in love with him, and he has separated her from the wretch because she has such a hard time, and his brother doesn't believe her, and uh, so she has such a hard time that about half or three quarters of the year, the way through, he builds another house for her and takes her away from the harem so she can live more of an American lifestyle, and she works she works on the farm there, just has a wonderful existence, and she has fallen in love, so it's a very, when she is uh, called into action, it's a very difficult choice for her, because she actually is in love with the man she's about to. Oh, I like it. That's intense. How is this not, Wait, that's who's intense. the author again? John Bryan. Okay, I was looking me. at the wrong, I was looking at one by Helen Garner, but that's a different first stone. I can't it's too, find. It's too smart for me. There's too many. <laughs> that book's too, how is too this, intelligent uh, This me. seems like a perfect setup for a movie. Oh, frankly. it would be amazing. I think there was at one point, um, I, w- I was looking into the rights, but uh, um, somebody else had them at the time. But I haven't. I, it hasn't been made into a movie that's, that I know of. But that brings me to another favorite. Yeah. Favorite series, um, and it is something I'm actually trying to get off the ground because I want to play this character so badly. Um, it's the Heartsick series, which is one of my favorite Heart series. Heartsick. Heartsick, um, by Chelsea Kane, and it's about a female serial killer uh. that is also also a love story. Um, where there's this twisted, twisted, dark, um, what in essence is that they are in love with each other, but it's extremely twisted and dark. But the lead, the lead uh, task force detective 
trying to find her. Oh, are they falling in love because, like, so kind of mentally? Like, he's impressed with her work, and he's and she's impressed with his <clears throat> work. And well, she actually infiltrates in the first book. She's already in prison. It's not till the end of the first book <coughs> that she gets out. And so mm. the second and third book, she's on the run again, and then she gets recaptured. And okay. um, there's six books, but she actually she abducted him, infiltrated the task force uh, as the psychologist. Oh, and that's awesome. Fell in love. Well. He fell in love with her, and then she she uh, trick uh, you know she abducted him, tortured him for ten days, um, and he killed, loved it. Killed him, brought oh, him back shit. to life. Things oh, like oh, that. Oh, oh, what? And then uh, she does things like cuts out his spleen and sends it to his partner. This is the role you're you, you yes. were dying to play, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and she actually gives <laughs> yeah. herself. Gives we're learning a lot about Trisha right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, I could go on and on and on about the story. That's that a little intense. Silence yeah. of the Lambsy. I was going to say yeah, there's yeah, like a Clarice yeah. Hannibal kind of thing yeah. going on in that. And then you learn more about their their relationship and everything as you go through the series books. And it's not till I think the fourth book where you find out. You, you see flashbacks of their courting, their dating, so to speak. And I guess cool. it's pretty dark, pretty, pretty S&M. I like it. Wow. You know, second I'm all right. All right. Like all right. Razzle. So that's just become your favorite book. That's my new favorite book. Do you guys Razzle, what's, what's your favorite uh, piece of literature, sir? <laughs> oh, my, this was, uh, like, like we've, like, we've established this. Uh, You're eight years old. Yeah, I'm eight years old. <laughs> One um, fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Choose your own adventure novel. Uh, Green eggs I'll tell you what If we're going to talk about Eight year old books Encyclopedia Brown Was a good series That I used to read yes. A lot when I was a kid Growing up Those were some good books Encyclopedia Brown um, But as an adult I guess my favorite it was, it was tough to choose from Second would be Motley Crue's The Dirt uh, Biography Autobiography About Motley Crue Which I'm a huge fan of My wife loved that book Great book <laughs> But my current favorite book I guess I shouldn't say current It was It's a few years old But it's a, a book For uh, the nerds Will appreciate this listening It's called Ready Player One Yeah and it's a very, very great, it's a fun, it's a quick read, it's an easy read. It's a, basically, I'll give you the, the sales pitch of, like, if I'm pitching it to someone. Uh, it's basically like Willy Wonka meets the Matrix with a little bit of a Hunger Games almost. It takes place in the future, <laughs> and some it it's, takes place when virtual reality is a popular thing, and you can just plug yourself in and experience worlds and live in virtual reality. And the dude who invented all of this, he's like a rich dude like Willy Wonka, he's, he, he dies, and he put... Um, in this virtual reality, he put he he wants to give his fortune and all of his stuff to a worthy successor. So he, he puts uh, like a scavenger hunt in this fake virtual world that everybody's already hanging out in, and but the scavenger hunt is you have to solve and do things from like 80s movies and video games and so the whole book is like this one kid that. studied he it's a very good book you know next, read it on your plane back to New York or whatever but it's so like the main the star of it the main kid so it takes place you know there's references like Ferris Bueller or Tron or you know Galaga all these arcade Cloak back to the future Cloak and Dagger I think there's a there's a bunch of few things about that in the book and it's all like there's a scene I believe where you you have to play the video game like to get in to uh, then what what was cool about marketing this book too is he put scavenger hunts online also in the the hardcover book you it was either the hardcover or the the softcover book there was clues in the book that gave you a web address to where you could actually go online and play some of these games and the winner of these games got a DeLorean uh, a real life DeLorean in the in the real world but in the book world the 
it's like a scavenger hunt with Willy Wonka to where you solve all these clues and it's it's a really good book look into Ready Player One it would make a great movie if they could afford all the rights and and footage to all the things referenced because it's all I, I think that's why they haven't made it because I, I do believe it's been in the works for a while it's a great it's a great book a fun cool, read man. Ready really Player fun One read. Ready Player One I love it it's really fun Ty Tyler what do you got I got my microphone all primed you're ready, ready to go he's really okay, serious about now, this now I'm admittedly I'm not a huge reader uh, which is unfortunate it's a condition I have I fall asleep when I read um, uh, but I do the, the books that I have been able to muster up the strength to stay uh, awake through. <laughs> I, uh, I love Haruki Murakami. He's one of my favorite writers, a Japanese novelist. And, uh, the one book that I've read over and over again, and I love, and my brother is out there right now, probably smacking his forehead. Cause it's like the only book I ever say that I really love. <laughs> it's called hard boiled wonderland and the end of the world. Uh, again, hard boiled wonderland, and the end of the world. And it's this, um, it's a really awesome sort of, uh, sci-fi ish novel uh, where it's two stories told simultaneously that you don't know have anything to do with each other until sort of near the end of the book and those two stories come crashing together in this mind-blowing way where you I've never seen uh, two seamlessly unrelated stories interleave so well at the end of a, a book and you just, it just blew my mind and one of the stories takes place in this sort of like I guess not so distant uh, future in Japan in Tokyo and uh, it's it's a, it's a story about a, a, a basically a, a man and a woman trying to make their way to this sort of like uh, underground center of this building, this like this experimental laboratory. And in the other story, it's about this other dystopian sort of world uh, where people live behind this one gated community, basically. And if you ever l- leave the community, uh, you're never allowed to come back and you basically roam this planet, which is a, a just, as far as they know, a desolate sort of desert planet other than the one little community, or is it? And uh, that's sort of the, the, the two stories. And you go along reading these stories and they're beautifully written. Like, I, when I first read that book, I was like, I would learn to read Japanese just so nothing would get lost in translation. It's so visual, and the 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 um, just he's he's just such an amazingly visual writer. I've never really read anything like that before in my life, and I go back to that book all the time and read it. I've read it probably like six or seven times uh, again because I feel like I need to read more, but I can't <laughs> read other books. <laughs> it's great, Hard Boiled Wonderland in the Underworld. He also has a great book called The uh, Wind Up Bird Chronicles. But Haruki Murakami is really a, a, an amazing writer, so check him out. Check him out. Yeah, Zach. Yes. What is your favorite book? I'm illiterate. Um, That's it. How I've ever been able to read a script, I don't know. Um... My, f- I'm not a big reader, unfortunately. Uh, I, sh- I know I have. Nice. I have. have. I <laughs> should read more. I should read more. Uh, the concept of reading the same book more than once blows my mind. Blows I my can't. Mind. But this um, book, honestly, you, you, it's no, no, one no, of those no. Books you can go back to, and, and there are things I, that pop out. No, no, no. I, that's I, that wasn't a commentary on the book. That's a commentary on my complete inability oh, to yeah. find that's myself even reading a book to f- right the first time, yeah. let alone a second time, because yeah. I'm because that's where my eight year old is. I'm just. Yeah. constantly distracted mm-hmm. by other things. Look at that. A bell you have a hard whistle. time completing. Shiny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Completion is a problem. Um, <laughs> no, and unfortunately, the only thing that I'm, you know, the, the thing that I would spend most time completing is like, uh, this level or yeah. like, <laughs> how many chests I've found in Zelda. Oh, good uh, lord. So That's good. Ripped, um, yeah. Blue candle. <laughs> Blue candle. Blue candle, yes. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've wasted a lot of my life doing that. Um, Spent. I won't say wasted. 
I've wasted. Um, but um, but so I should have been I should have been reading a lot more in a lot of that time. And uh, but one of the and so thank God for high school in some ways because there was mandatory reading that you had to do. And when I wasn't just cliff noting the it, chrysalids. secret. And um, but one of the books that I read, <clears throat> and look, a lot of it was like I would start reading a book, but if I just didn't feel like it was grabbing me in any way, shape, or form, it was really tough to stick through that. Um, but I started reading A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, and it grabbed me and just smacked me around. What is happening? Do we hear this? That's We're being bombarded. Eddie Van Halen recording little... next door. Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then the world ended. The world um, so, um, yeah, so A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. I... It's a book, you know, in the vein of a, like a 1984. It's, you know, kind of, <coughs> excuse me, kind of, you know, dystopian future. I read that book. Um, Published in 1932. <coughs> yeah. It's mandatory reading in almost, yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's a lot, still, a lot yeah. of A lot of schools. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think what it was for me was that it, it really kind of spoke to a lot of themes about, like, society, where we're heading in society, where we could potentially be heading in society. Um, you know, it talks about clones. Like, you know, he was talking about cloning when nobody was talking about cloning. Yeah. He was talking about um, c- kind of like the drugging up of people to kind of numb them in like massive society levels in ways that other people weren't. Um, and just kind of where that all goes. Like, where does the the moral fiber of, of, of society start breaking down and where kind of governments or big business or a combination of the two then really just kind of control us because they are they're breeding us they're they're we're, we're being harvested and you look at these themes in movies like even the matrix and you go oh my gosh it's like yeah but he was yeah. talking about this stuff in 1932 you know um and granted Aldous Huxley was a very interesting person if you look him up on Wikipedia like his his dabbling into like LSD I think he was oh, yeah. I think he was actually on LSD when he died specifically like, purposely he was dying and was like I want to go out and I want to go out like this where my mind I was like oh okay all right um so he's a very very interesting character Aldous Huxley but I think that um I think very inspired specifically in in a brave new world and a movie that just, or a, a rather a, a book that just really just again like kind of grabbed me and smacked me around I was like yo this could be the future and I and I have noticed that there are a lot of things in this book that are kind of coming to pass and I go uh-huh. wow uh, that's a that he maybe spoke a little prophetic prophetic stuff to us so yeah m- massively important book to me in my in my kind of development to, as a as a human being um and uh Kentucky yeah, yeah real mandatory quick. reading for uh, a reason I guess. on uh, <laughs> on Eldis Huxley's deathbed unable to speak he made a written request to his wife Laura for LSD yeah <laughs> a hundred hundred uh UG intramuscular whatever an amount a, lo- a large amount that's awesome Wow. According to Wikipedia. <laughs> That's awesome. According it is awesome. I've done According a lot of acid Wikipedia. in my day. I can imagine dying on acid would be a real, as they say. A real trip? trip. Yeah. <laughs> Your kind of final <laughs> trip. <laughs> Dave, uh, I'm going to go really different than all of these uh, books. I read a book when I went to graduate school uh, 10 years ago. Oh, my God. Is it? Almost 20 years ago now that I started, 96, <laughs> wow. Uh, when I went to grad school for school. design, um, my professor gave me a book by a guy named Robert Edmund Jones, uh, a book called The Dramatic Imagination. And I don't know if you guys have seen this book. I recommend it for every, a- every actor on the planet should read this book. Um, Robert Edmund Jones was a set designer who went to Europe uh, right around the 19... 19- 
teens, 20s, to learn from Max Reinhardt and a lot of guys who are doing this kind of like really expressionistic kind of design for theatrical. Because we, we, everything we did here in America at the time was very realistic. It was like, it was like, I mean, it was, yeah, it was interpretive, but not as interpretive as what they were doing in Europe. He brought it back and started doing these things with different shows and guys like Ming Cho Lee, who was one of the most famous American set designers, studied under him. So he had all these great students. He wrote this book. It's like 100 pages. You can literally read it in a few hours. But he talks about the concept of just the actor and the environment and how, as a set designer, everything that you do is only to tell a story when actors are on the stage, huh. right? Your set is nothing without people on it. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I say all actors will love this book. Um, but it has, a, and it also talks just about a respect for kind of, uh, f- for that genre. Like just respect for the theater and respect for actors and for everything being, you know, the, the set can be an extension of the theme of the show. Whereas before it wasn't it be really, a character as, itself, it can be a character you know, itself, yeah. with, but it can't overpower yeah. what people are doing on yeah. the stage. It's got to serve the story. It can't be a yeah. scene stealer. And so it's one of those books that really does affect how you, because pers- I'd never, I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to be a, a, th- a theater guy when I got out of undergrad with a pre-law degree in government. Like, that's not what I thought I was going to do. <laughs> um, I just kind of fell ass backwards into it. But when I got there and I read this book and I was like, oh my God, I'm no matter what. So when I go back and be a teacher one day, no matter what class I teach, can be any theatrical film, whatever. On every kid will wear, will read curriculum. will read this book because nice. it's it definitely changes how you perceive the theater and just your interaction with other people. I think it's a good book for people who don't even like theater. Really, it just ta- it's just a good book about working with other people. Um, in whatever business you're in and how important each one is to a process. So I know it's a, it's a very, you know, uh, non-fiction. It's about a kind of is. book for you. It is. It's, I was like, oh. I know. And I was like, oh, I've read all these great Crichton books and you were like Brave New World, 1984, Animal Farm, like all, you know, Tale of Two Cities, like how do you go wrong with St. Dickens? But you, I just think this yeah, book. Yeah, what if a big epic something. Yeah, like Lord of the Lake. You're talking yeah, about like Lord of the Lake. No, for me, yeah. it's a tiny little paperback book. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it anywhere. It's by That's Robert awesome. Evan Jones called The Dramatic imagination um, and I recommend it for everyone and if you just like entertainment I think yeah. you'll like the book and you can re- literally read it in a few hours so right. so that's mine solid surprising Thanks. work there David Thanks, Kentucky guys. Coleman uh, we need to uh, we, gotta I take a break. we do we need to take a break, take a break. Um, and, we, uh, yeah so stick around folks uh, we'll talk about a word from our sponsors we'll be right back Hey nerds, building a website can be tough. And even if you do know your way around coding, and I know a lot of you do, but creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. But you know what, guys? Everybody needs a website. Whether it's for business, a portfolio, a new restaurant, whatever you're into. Lucky for us, Squarespace is around to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. What, haven't heard of it? Well, go to squarespace.com and check it out. Heard a lot about Squarespace already? Well, how about the new Squarespace 7? Squarespace 7 comes with a newly designed interface and 15 new templates, but so much more. Thinking about Squarespace for work? It now integrates seamlessly with Google Apps, so you can connect it to your Gmail, Google Drive for cloud storage, Google Forms for surveys on your site, and more. And if you need extra polish on your website, Squarespace has now partnered with Getty Images. 
so you can take care of all your stock image needs in the same place you manage your site. Guys, it couldn't get any easier. And of course, all this comes with the classic Squarespace features. Beautiful design, simple, powerful interface, 24-7 support via live chat and email, responsive design, commerce, and it's only $8 a month. And if you get a free domain, if you buy Squarespace for a year, guys, you can't beat that. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code Razzle, that's Razzle, to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for our show. We thank Squarespace for their support of our show, and we hope that you will too. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. Welcome back to Picking Favorites, everyone. Uh, what you did not hear uh, or see was our was our five second countdown with the silent two one that led to uh, at Wayne's least three World. of the five of us doing the Wayne's That's World uh, stagehand <laughs> underhanded finger points. Point and wink. Yep. Point and wink. Uh, so thanks for that nostalgia. I appreciated that, yeah. and I hope everyone at home appreciated that as well. Do you know, we, this, do you know this nostalgia was one of the top words of uh, 2014? I believe it. Nostalgia. Buzzfeed's. That's album. interesting. It's all, it's, That's an interesting well, again, there's why. why I read anything other than BuzzFeed articles yeah. because did you know that nostalgia they do make was one some of the top words of 2013 as well <laughs> <laughs> and 2012 and 2012 and 2012 yeah and so on uh, in uh, case you're just joining us right now which would be a shame because you missed out on so much we have the beautiful and lovely Trisha Helfer with us Trisha Helfer Woo! in studio she's given Thank us you. her favorite food and her favorite book and now Ladies and gentlemen, she's going to give us her favorite New Year's Eve moment. And that can be a place, that can be a person, that can be an, an actual moment to get a moment in time. One moment in time. I don't know um, that song. Or just a year. <laughs> or just, or just an year. actual New yeah. Year, yeah. So tell <laughs> us, what, what's, what stuck out to you? Uh, well, um, one that stuck out, out to me was just a couple of years ago, actually. And it was down in Cabo at a friend's house. And we just... There was no expectations. My, I'm definitely one of the more stay in on New Year's. Um, every once in a while, a big party is fun, but I think yeah. sometimes there's so much expectation that you're like, "Oh my God, it's New Year's! I've got to have fun." Yeah, yeah. it is a Whereas, problem. It's always, it's almost always a letdown. It's almost always, always. a letdown, and prices are more expensive, always. and everything. That's why I love just the hey, I'm doing nothing this year. That's like, right. and Then if you do something, it's like, whoa, bonus. So that's why this this one sticks out because we were just planning nothing and there was a group of five or six of us or whatever and um, beautiful environment, a friend's home and and we just, I mean, you know, alcohol did play a part. But, um, what? Just, you know, stayed up most of the night playing music and being completely, you know, all grown adults uh, not that adults aren't grown but <laughs> mean to say old not all adults are grown I yeah, mean I think I physically think but my friend was the youngest it. one and she's like 38 so well a couple of years ago she was probably 36 so like people that should know better you know in the 30, 40s 50s mm. and just being re- completely fun and, and uninhibited and doing high kick competitions and nice. yeah. you know swimming in the pool with your clothes on you find and a certain that age, kind there's of like, shit, there's like shit, a, you know there's like a regression though it's like you're allowed to stop acting like you know better <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean it starts like it just everything shifts and all of a sudden it's like you're in your 50s and you can kind of do whatever you want you know mm-hmm. I feel like that's a fun and then thing. eventually you get to your 80s and you get to shit in your pants again <laughs> why wait why <laughs> wait sometimes you can you can shit your pants now <laughs> <laughs> was that was okay. there, was there, there 
there was an old SNL fake commercial. Oops, I shit my yeah. pants. Right, right. Oops, I shit my pants. The name of the, the Oops, I grabbed my pants. Diapers. Yeah. Sorry, I totally jumped on your no, side. No, I was done. But you're, it's, no, uh, you're right. It was just one of those where just completely just had a blast and wasn't expecting it to. That's the best kind. Be that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, the, when the night sort of just, it's not that you like, are like, hey, I'm going to let the night take me wherever it goes. You don't. I don't think if you make that choice consciously, that's already sort of naming what the night's going to be. But when that happens naturally, when the night actually does just take you somewhere, those are the best nights. I feel yeah. like I feel like my memoir maybe alcohol did play a part. I think that that'll be just the title of my mm. memoir mm. or something like that. That's. A, I'll tell you what. That's a that's a good. Uh, that will not be your memoir. No, that's a good. That's a that's a good title uh, for like a memoir. Um, that's like a I'll good title. I'm trying to part. think of my dad always has a he's got a dad joke that he always says, Oh, that's gonna be the title of my book and I can't remember it. But I'll It'll I'll, come I'll, text, it I'll he, text him and then I'll find out what right it is, after he farts no, and he just says that's gonna be the title of my book. I'll text him, I'll text him right now <laughs> oh while we're going around and find out as a good dad joke. As a dad joke, it's I mean it's a it was he's you know, it's always it was like, Oh, that's actually a good it'd be a good title for like a book. Alcohol dead play part would be a good title. I think it's a it's a good title, isn't it? It's like um, a thank you for it's like a thank you for smoking. It's like it's, yeah, like you can name a movie that that kind of a thing. Uh, Dave, uh, favorite. Oh, I was gonna see if I could. I wanted to. Oh, you want to go? Okay, yeah. Oh, no, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, you Tyler, like, New Year's Eve moment. Out. Get it Bring out. It. You're, you're bursting like at the seams. It's probably gonna get hijacked. It's gonna get stolen. From I don't me. think so. I think it's possible. New Year's Eve is a pretty personal thing. But continue. Yeah, but what I, my, it's the the new millennium. It was 2000 was my sort of big New Year's Eve because. Oh, you guys are looking at me like that wasn't going to be your answer. Okay. Oh, no. Not at all. Whatever. I thought, you know, one of the most important sort of like uh, uh, historical events I've ever been a part of was the new millennium, you know, the, the, the switching over. And uh, I, we had a party. We planned a big party. Uh, most of us were fairly certain nothing bad was going to happen, but there was that. There was always that overriding. It was Y2K. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, what's going to happen? And uh, we were like, well, let's do what a bunch, you know, any bunch of like young 20 somethings would do. We just got shit faced and we did a lot of drugs and we got, and literally we got so messed up at the point before the countdown that we were like, if we just don't do the countdown, it'll never be 2000. It'll never turn the year 2000. And we, and we, we literally like worked ourselves up into a frenzy that we and were believed so, it. We were so scared that something was going to happen because we got so wrecked. And we I'd, literally all night had hyped each other up into this frenzy of like, why you? UK fear, which none of us really subscribed to until right. we got totally out of our heads, messed up. Where where were you in this story? Van, where, I was where, in Vancouver. Vancouver, Vancouver yeah. Okay, I was living up by UBC in the the, the uh, by the research forest. So there was a lot of ex- exploration that night, uh, sexually and just geographically. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We uh, but we did definitely get into a, 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 a lot of very heady, high conversations that night, which I will carry with me for the rest of my life. They were great. It was a great night, and ultimately, as we all know, nothing happened. Or did it? And, uh, and <laughs> did we switch over to some different time continuum? You know, time space continuum. I don't know, but we, um, yeah, we just sort of had one of those nights where it was a, it was really great to be alive and, and have a, a a head full of acid. I, I uh, <laughs> there you have it. I was actually DJing. Uh, I was a I was a, a, a part of a two man DJ MC team. What were you called? Uh, yes. Zach and Brian. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we weren't like we worked for like another like big DJ. So basically, there was a DJ who hired me to be like his assistant, 
And he used to go and do, like I was an assistant DJ and we'd do like, you know, weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs and corporate parties and stuff like that. And then my other buddy, Brian, who was a really good DJ, like I wasn't great at beat matching, uh, but I, but I was good at emceeing. And so I was like, dude, why don't you come and like, you can be the kind of the DJ and I'll be the MC and we'll go and do these parties and, and then I'm not having to be an assistant and we'll make him money, but we'll make more money. We'll yeah. make better money. He's like, yeah. So for a, a while, uh, um, me and Brian would go around and do all kinds of stuff. Bless you. Oh, that was a cough. Never mind. Yeah, oh, bless you anyway. Yeah. You need all the help you can get. Um, <laughs> don't do drugs. Everybody, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Just don't do drugs. Um, but we had two, we had two <laughs> parties that we DJed that night. And I remember uh, we were like driving um, like right, right after the, the first party had struck midnight. And then we went to go do like an after hours party. And we're driving along the freeway. And there's like nobody out. And all I could think of was like, <laughs> I kept thinking of, of the movie. Because I'm always thinking of the movie version of something in my life. And I thought the, that movie would be Y2K on the 101. And that was just like, because <laughs> it's just like two guys dressed in like, you know, Wait, vesty got... tuxedos driving to our next <laughs> destination. Like, and the world could potentially yeah, be ending right, right now no with the Denon, you know, the gig hopping. Yes. <laughs> So weird. Give me uh, your intro for when you and uh, Brian did your when you were emceeing. Hey everybody, welcome to Eli's Bar Mitzvah. Uh, this is Zach and Brian. Together, we're called Zach and Brian. That was literally what I was. Because <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was funny. Yeah, it right? was hysterical. Right. It yeah, was hysterical. Yeah. We used yeah. to lead people in dance. We had to hire so like many, dancers. We had like a confetti cannon. There's all kinds of crazy so stuff. So many wow. people would go see that movie. <laughs> so, oh, dude, I've thought about it so much. <laughs> Y2K and the 101. Yeah. We well, I don't know about that movie, but certainly the DJ movie. I, I, have, a, I have an idea for a television show that I want to do about, about DJ and MCs yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Because that whole world is fascinating. Yeah. And the part and Party Down, uh, the show that, that Martin Starr had done, uh, it was more about like kind of the caterers yeah. of that world. But like, dude, if you look at like, oh, it was the caterers, the the videographer, the photographer, the DJs, the dancers, yeah. like all these people. Uh, it was it was fascinating. Um, uh, we should go to uh, uh, David Kentucky Coleman. What is your favorite uh, New Year's so Eve? So my favorite uh, New Year's Eve was in 2011, the 2010 to 2011 uh, in Puerto Rico. That's the year that my wife and I were getting married um, at a little uh, former convent, now hotel. And we had a bunch of our friends down there, so we had like 50 people coming to our destination wedding. And again, New Year's always seems like kind of a letdown in a lot of places where you go or whatever. But we were staying at this place called the Conrad Condado Hotel, uh, right on the uh, beach there in Puerto Rico. It was awesome. It's an awesome place. And... We just had like 50 of our really great friends there and the hotel put on a fantastic party for what we were like, oh, this is, you know, whatever. This could be a cheesy, but it was super fun. <laughs> People were dancing on tables. They were, you know, it was like everybody having a great time together. Um, it was one of those times where you're like, wow, this didn't suck as much as I thought New Year's was going to suck. And because everybody was there and like we were getting, you know, my wife and I got married on the third. So it was a couple days before we were getting married. And so everybody's really happy and excited about being yeah. in Puerto Rico. And it's a beautiful place. If you've never been to San Juan, Puerto Rico, it's unbelievable. Um, the history there, just the fort and the way, you know, the way that whole city is kind of the old San Juan is, is set up is amazing. And it was just fun to have like your best friends there which i was lucky enough to have uh my wife's best friends were there and so everybody just got to have this amazing party that you know went to like three in the morning and then we're all like playing craps at the at the little tiny casino they have there um at the end of the night and so 
that was my favorite one. Um, and it's uh, almost five years ago now that we did that. It's crazy. It sounds pretty yeah. fun. It was pretty fun. I got to be honest. People were dancing on tables. Like there was, it was like because again, Puerto Rico is like they have a little bit looser, you know, um, kind of decorum, like rules of decorum at, at places like it's, that. It's the United States adjacent. It is. It's uh, adjacent. <laughs> didn't didn't have as many rules as you would think. It was a little bit more rules than Mexico would have, uh, but uh, less than Los Angeles has for sure. So. It's, did you, so Zach, you talked about your DJ. Did you say your favorite New Year's? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I just saw. I just, I just thought yeah. it was interesting that he brought up like Y two K and and you know the Millennium was obviously a big one. Yeah. So it was kind of like where were we at that point? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, my favorite New Year. Well, so speaking to Dave's um, uh, wedding, Puerto Rico trip, New Year's trip. So that was <clears throat> that's that was kind of a part of a series our our group of friends has done for the last, or you know we did for about a seven year stretch where every New Year's we picked a new destination because it was like the one time there was a couple a couple things so like one one you know bits of the of the kind of of the genesis of the idea was I remember kind of you know we had plenty of New Year's where we were in town or somebody had a house party or whatever and kind of like what you guys were talking about earlier it's just always a letdown it was always I, I feel like it's one of those things that's so overly hyped and then eventually you get to midnight and then once the big countdown happens and everybody gives a kiss, it's kind of like, well, what do we do from here? Because yeah. the, we've reached the climax and it's only midnight and any party worth a party goes well beyond that. But people are so like revved up and drunk by the time you get yeah. to the countdown that beyond that, everyone's just kind of like, oh, you know, it's, it's way too hazy after that. And especially if it's just like at a house, a house party or, or whatever. So, so I've always, I was always kind of disappointed in what ultimately panned out to be New Year's plans but also it was it's kind of the only time of year where everybody's off work for the most part you got that you know christmas to new year's time and a lot of people have time off for vacation and so i thought well why don't we just as a as a community of friends because we have this really awesome community of friends in la why don't we just go and pick a new destination every year and we'll just try and make that happen and then and then the memory is tied to all of us being together as many of us as we can and to a new destination so we're like getting to see a new part of the world or experience that and that makes a new year's memorable because although i could the the 10 years prior to our seven year span of new year's i could not tell you where i spent any of those new years but i could tell you where we spent every single one of this of the other seven and and how epic each one of them was in their own right. So, you know, we started, it all started uh, the first year I did Chuck, I was asked to go and do like a, uh, you know, talk on Carson Daly's like um, ball drop, like New Year's Eve, Times Square uh, show. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Cause I've always wanted to, always wanted to go to New York for Times time Square and the ball. I mean, it's so iconic, but to get stuck in the masses, I was so like, I couldn't people. do that. Like, I've heard stories about people like wearing diapers because if you leave to go to the restroom, you can't get back to where yeah. you were. I'm like, that's just that's insanity. Yeah. Um, so this gave me an opportunity to kind of experience it in a much cooler, uh, freer way because you're in the middle of all the barricades and you got a lot of space. And then they gave me some extra tickets, like plane tickets and stuff for friends. And I traded, I like traded those in for like coach tickets. And then I had some other friends who were already going to be on the East Coast and other friends that were going to fly in. And so we ended up having like 15 people. That's awesome. All in the middle of Times Square. And we're just dancing around, like you know, Julie Andrews and Sound of Music. Like, you got all the all the space in the world, and uh, and all the cops were super cool. And Carson Daly was awesome, and um, and you got to see the ball drop like right there. Yeah, dude. And one it, of the cops. One of the, it's so funny. So we did the thing. We did the thing in the, in the middle because we like you know you're at, like you're at the corner of all those streets, right? You're at the intersection, yeah. and there's a big open space in the middle where they're doing. They've blocked it off so you can they can get 
people to the show stuff and whatever. And so literally there's like a street wide amount of space. So you're just, we're just like kind of walking around. We yeah. can't believe it. But then when it's over, we do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say how great the cops were in New York, by the way. And I'm going to say this, especially right now, because of all the stuff that's oh, going man. on in New York city. We had the three, three of the best people I've ever met in my life who took care of us that week, that those like two days, one of the cops, Literally drove seven of us. Yeah, wow. In his, in his like, personal car, not personal even yeah, SUV yeah. with his kids' soccer balls in the back. Yeah, basketball. Yeah. Like, he was like a coach. That's he drove awesome. us down to a another bar because we couldn't get a cab anywhere. And he's like, "I'll just take you guys." Yeah. And he took us, and he was awesome, and was like, "Just a great, just a great, just a great dude." Go ahead, keep going. And really, everybody, you know, I mean, the NYPD, NYPD continued to impress me, and and I, you know, I got was fortunate to live in New York last year, and I've I've always had such tremendous respect for those guys and gals, and you know, everything that they have to accomplish. So, I mean, New York is it's New York. I mean, it's it's an intense city, and anyway, so that was an incredible experience. So I would say that that's kind of maybe my favorite New Year's Eve moment, partly because it was the beginning of what our then you know kind of seven year journey was that brought us to Costa Rica, that brought us to Hawaii, that brought us to Puerto Rico, that brought us to Park City snowboarding for we going like hella hella boarding. We literally helicoptered up to like untracked like snow that was by the way one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Yeah, as a novice snowboarder with not nearly big enough a snowboard in powder that was four feet deep Uh, you don't do that it was amazing but once you fall trying to dig yourself out without poles is like I I thought it was (laughs) there was moments where I was like I know I'm surrounded by friends who are also stuck in snow and we have guides but I might just die out here. This might happen right now. It's the most frustrating experience I think I've ever had in my life. Because when you would put your, you'd fall and everybody fell, yeah. you put your hands behind you and you would just literally sink, deeper. sink all the way yeah. to the bot. Like, and you'd be like, yeah. you literally had to like, Work for ten minutes to yeah, pack snow. It was so crazy, just so you get enough leverage yeah, to pick yourself yeah. up on the board. But epic. It but was, when you got to do it, when yeah. you got back on the board yeah. and you got to start going, you're like, "This is amazing," because no one's ever, no one's been here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Well, at least today, <laughs> right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not seeing any any tracks. Yeah. But it was uh, so that no. yeah. And, All those and, trips and, are great. And, yeah. and, uh, and London another year, and and then and then again, we kind of we bookended it with New York last year with some of us. But yeah, so uh, New Year's Eve has been uh, pretty tremendous. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Razzle, I don't know what we've heard. Uh, I think this, yeah. Um, I would say, first off, to answer your question, what do you do after midnight? You find a closet <laughs> or a bedroom. And uh, yeah, um, I would say the last two couple of New Year's were fun for me. Um, this year, it's, I'm kind of sad this year because uh, what, what, I'll, I'll, so I have a couple friends, Jade Catapretto, who's a very funny stand up comedian. And her boyfriend, Nicholas Rutherford, another very funny stand-up comedian. comedian. The last uh, three years, they would organize a a bunch of group of us, all of our friends, you know, stand-up comics and writers and all that, and we would rent a big party bus, and we would would go to other comedians that were having big parties, and we'd just have a huge night of it. And it was really fun, tons and tons of fun. That was, um, those are the last two, but... Uh, luckily for the, for Jade, she's in New York filming made uh, Manhattan Love Story right now, and Nicholas got hired to write for SNL. So sadly, we're not doing that this year because they were the organizers of it. But those were my um, most memorable, I would say, uh, fun. You know, hanging out with friends, doing a bunch of you know, driving around Los Angeles, hitting up a bunch of parties, um, just cracking jokes, being doing things like that. Uh, it is it is you know to to touch on it there's you know there's been more let down new year's eves than fun ones because it is you know it's you plan and you try and get planned and you get fancied up or whatever then you know it always is you know it tends to there's always you always have this 
expectation that the new year is going to bring something even more exciting. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, there's that. And, and it then, just brings more Jaeger. Yeah. Just yeah. More. yeah. Or in my case, more Shirley Temples, you know, since I, that's the downside. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing too. Yeah. Razzle doesn't drink. You don't I don't drink. drink. Yeah. I would probably, New Year's would probably be way more fun for me if I did drink. Right? I, would, yeah. I don't know about that. Alcohol uh, does play a part. The, the morning <laughs> alcohol <laughs> does play a part. But I do need to make an amendment. I was telling Dave this earlier. I need to make an amendment to a previous episode. We talked about our favorite holiday tradition and it totally spaced on me because my brain doesn't work half the time. Uh, and I talked about just eating kielbasa on Christmas Day. But this is, I, I, I remembered this and I'm like, I got to tell this story. Uh, my favorite holiday tradition would have to be wearing these sweater vests that my brother Jeremy and my cousin Jason we bought, and it all started. Uh, we wear them every year, and we've worn them for the last eight years now. It all started when I first moved to Orlando, Florida, away from Bay City, Michigan. My cousin Jason also lived in Atlanta, so the three of us we all like similar things. And uh, my cousin Jason, me, and my brother we all lived in three different cities. And I went home to Michigan to visit for the holidays, and I was traipsing around the mall, and I seen these uh, JCPenney had sweater vests. They had these, they were like tan with like red diamonds on it, sweater vests on sale. And I'm like, oh, that'd be funny if we all, we all got sweater vests. We all bought sweater vests. So I bought the three of us sweater vests, and I told, I'm like, we're all wearing these. And then after I decided that, I'm like, we're going to tell everybody we bought them at the JCPenney in Atlanta or Orlando or Bay City on our own, unbeknownst to everybody. We're going to tell everybody this was a big accident because they were on sale and we thought we would just buy it. So throughout Christmas Day, I show up to my grandfather's house and he's like, oh, that's a nice sweater. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I bought it on sale at JCPenney in Orlando, Florida. And we were hanging out and we were having fun. And all the relatives are like, oh, that's a nice sweater, blah, blah, blah. Like 45 minutes later, my brother strolls in and he's got the same sweater vest on. And people are like, holy cow. Your brother bought the same one in Florida. That's so weird that you have that, and everybody's laughing and all that. Then, like an hour later, we're in the living room, and my cousin Jason opens the door and starts walking up the steps, and all you hear is my grandfather go, "You're not gonna believe this." <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Family tradition. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, I had that, to bring that back. That's good. It's that's good. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it uh, for this uh, fantastic, uh, very holiday uh, theme. Well, not really holiday theme. We talk about a lot of different things: food, books, and New Year's Eve, uh, which is a holiday. Uh, Trisha Helfer, everybody. Trisha yeah, Helfer, thank, thank you, you so much for coming. Thank in you, Trisha, and playing in our yeah, sandbox. Thank you. thank you, everybody, for thank for you. for listening out there. As always, you'll get all of our um, all of our, uh, our social networking will be on the page. But why don't you plug really quick? What did you you got a Twitter handle? You got a Facebook handle. You got an Instagram. Yeah, uh, true Trisha Helfer, official Trisha Helfer's Instagram. Although I have to do that more often. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I don't really Facebook either. But there okay. is official Trisha. Helfer. We'll put all that stuff Twitter. on the website so people can cool. find can find you there. And uh, and thank you, Shannon Fox, as always for for linking linking thank all you. of yeah. this thank craziness. Because so yeah, and God uh, knows it's crazy. Guys, send us all your favorites. Send us your favorite food and your favorite uh, books and your favorite New Year's Eve experiences. Uh, Tweet us, Facebook us, you know, all that kind of stuff. So And, and high fives, uh, virtual high fives to everybody out there all the way around. Yeah, and Happy New Year, everybody. This and Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year to everybody. All right. We'll see you talk later. To you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.